Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 124. And if you didn't catch us last week, it's our continuation of talking about the young adult genre and another one of our craft episodes. I'm really excited about this half of the talk. I feel like it's going to be talking about some really interesting questions today. So yeah, we should probably just jump straight into it. Yes. And the first one is a big one, which is character voice. <laughs> and I mean, we mentioned in the previous episode, especially when we were talking about point of view, um, how important character voice is in YA fiction. So I thought we could talk a little bit more about that in depth. Yeah, so... <laughs> we also said in the previous episode and in multiple other episodes how much we love character. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that, you know, like with all stories, character is the lens we use to view the world the story is set in, um, which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. But more so with young adult fiction, I think the voice of the character must feel like a relatable one. I think it becomes more important as most people, I'm going to say not all, you know, there are some great young adult writers out there, um, but most people are writing as adults and putting themselves in the minds of someone younger. And it is important to recognize that although there are certain key elements in an adolescent's life, like, you know, I typically remember my teenage years as being quite dramatic and... <laughs> you know, there are very particular stereotypes that come with adolescence, which they're not wrong. It's just that when you're putting yourself into the character and creating a voice for the character, they're not going to see themselves that way. And because of like the life stage, it's very easy to stereotype teens and sometimes the characters are more immature than they should be as well. Uh, I remember reading one story where the first few chapters, the character was so whiny and annoying, I nearly stopped reading the book. <laughs> it kind of felt like an adult's idea of how a teen would react and not necessarily how the teen would see themselves. So character mm -hmm. voice is incredibly important so they are relatable to the target audience. And remembering that a teen may see the world differently from you do is crucial. What do you think about the character voice in young adult fiction, Ashley? Well, I was going to say that YA readers generally, at least me, as a, one, as an adult reading YA, but also two, looking back as a you know, the target age group reading YA. The thing I like so much about YA fiction is how connected you feel with the protagonists in the story because I feel like they're not that adult fiction isn't character driven, but particularly YA because you're dealing with such um, heavy topics and such, um, you know, emotional, emotional issues. topics. <laughs> yeah, it's really important and quite a good feature of YA that you have that kind of connection with the characters in there 
So I feel like because of that, it's really important for you to nail the voice of your character from the beginning as that's kind of the first thing that starts to make that connection, whether you like or dislike <laughs> the characters from the start. Because I, mm-hmm. I know I've read a lot of, well, quite a few of the multi-perspective ones where you're like, I really vibe with this character, that character. Oh my gosh, I wish they would stop talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, that voice isn't for me, but there is one in there that you do connect with. So mm-hmm. I guess because of that, it's important for you as a writer to really nail down that voice. I think often that requires you finding the voice, then going back and fixing the voice at the beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once you've got there. And I feel like the book that I was referring to didn't do that. Like it did get the voice later, but it it just wasn't connecting with the voice early enough. Right. Yeah. And there was a lot of like complaining going on. And I was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> we get it. It's funny. You're frustrated because of like X, Y, Z. <laughs> Don't need to be so whiny. It was like this weird story um about like this teenager going on like a um international school transfer and funnily enough to New Zealand (laughs) you know I don't want to go to New Zealand and like it was it was quite a good book in the end but it was quite funny (laughs) like the the initial part of it I was like oh my god she's just so whiny how am I gonna like cope with this character and like when she got to New Zealand, she was like, "It's so cold, and the houses are horrible." And I was like, "Well, actually, that's fair, but you know, yeah. houses are a little bit cold in New Zealand." That's true. We can continue on. I thought yes. the next topic, which is preachiness, I thought this was quite an interesting <laughs> one to talk uh, to touch on because uh, it can be an issue in YA, which sounds you know you wouldn't often think that like preachiness is an issue well in adult fiction but in YA it definitely can be Uh, I thought we could kind of go over what it is I guess to us and how we avoid it because we can both speak to um speak to this I think (laughs) yes I think it comes with the fact that young adult fiction is often you know focused on self-identity and the coming of age stuff. So your character is typically going through something and you want your character to learn something important, but you need to view it from how your character would view it and avoid letting your own voice as an adult author into the conversation. In reality, if someone was going through it, maybe they they might think about it a little bit or more likely it shows in the actions and in the way they approach their life, um, the way they've changed. But you don't need a character speech summarizing what they've learned. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because not only would it be unlikely to happen like that in real life, like they're not going to sit down with like a cup of tea and their friend or (laughs) their their adult and be like, well, it was really interesting because I felt like at the start – of this year I was a really selfish person but I've learned that in order for me to be able to you know they're not gonna like go on this like huge tirade about like how they've now learned how to be a kind and generous person um you know instead they're going to show that by 
you know, like someone's going to ask them for a hand. They're going to be like, or they're going to offer this person a hand before the person even asks or whatever, like if they yeah. were a selfish person and they wouldn't have thought of doing that before. But it doesn't need to be spelled out for the readers. They can work it out just like any other person. <laughs> yeah. So long as your character has met their challenge and overcome it using the resources available to them. The message comes in how they overcome it and how they've changed as a result. So, Ashley, what would you have to say about preachiness? My com- commentary is very similar. So, first of all, we have had this issue uh, before. And I think when I was thinking about it, I sort of wondered if it was because in YA fiction you're dealing with really heavy topics and really emotional topics it can be really tempting and sometimes you do it accidentally to get a bit preachy when you're trying to get your point across and mm-hmm. we still do it from time to time yeah and I'll like look back on it I'll be like oh my god like, and like one thing in like price of pandemonium literally said something about like learning a lesson and I was like oh god <laughs> I've done it again <laughs> so so uh-huh. it's, I think it's really, it's a lot easier to do, accidentally do um, in YA fiction <laughs> than it is in adult fiction. Because in our historical fiction, I've never really had been tempted to like put in like a big, you know, my view on the world sort of monologue to like be a bit <laughs> preachy. So I, I, feel, I feel like it particularly comes with YA. And like you said, Sarah, the, the challenge is going back, finding the bits where you've got you know, a little bit too preachy and then making sure, one, deleting it, <laughs> that's usually what we do, and two, <laughs> making sure that the point that they're trying to get across comes through through what they do rather than through really long monologues or really long, deep and meaningful conversations between characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of uh, what I think. And we definitely have fallen victim to the preachiness before and we still do. <laughs> don't know why it's just so easy you just do it and then you're like oh no <laughs> like, that's a bit cheesy <laughs> oh it's so cheesy i think that's some of the problem in darkness set us free oh it's it's been a problem the whole way through the preachiness is slightly better disguised in darkness set us free <laughs> but it's like only mildly yeah it's not just a massive <laughs> monologue anymore. It's slightly more interwoven, but you're like, I'm still doing it. No, it'll be like preachiness and thoughts instead. Yes. <laughs> it'll be like an internal monologue instead of an external monologue, which is what we used to do when yeah. we were like teenagers writing. Yeah. We used to do like... Dylan would give his one-page speech. <laughs> literal monologues, yeah. Yeah. And now it's just like internalized, but we still accidentally do it. <laughs> Okay, so the next topic to talk a little bit about, and we've touched on some of these already, but I thought it's better to consolidate them into one sort of place. Uh, What are some of the main themes that are tackled in YA fiction? Sarah? So I said that there are any number of themes, um, so don't feel limited, but common ones, especially at the moment, uh, some heavy issues, so death, suicide, racism, sexism, and algae btq stories social hierarchy loner outcast stories romance coming of age and developing a sense of self is kind of what i've written down (laughs) basically the big topics (laughs) 
Yeah. Anything big that you're like, whoa, that's a bit meaty. <laughs> yeah. That's YA fiction. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I love it so much. Yeah, me too. You get to just tackle lots of, they're like challenging, I guess, things mm-hmm. to tackle, but it's also like when you think back to being a teenager, you're like, actually, they're things that you weirdly still you think about then. And yeah. I don't know. Like, they're, you, they're really relevant. Yeah. yeah. And I think as teens, especially, well, I don't know that all teens necessarily think very deeply about this kind of stuff, but I certainly did. Like I remember <laughs> Ashley and I used to take like strolls around the school and have like these random discussions on like religion and like, <laughs> Like random, like really huge issues, and then we'd be like, "We still got, you know." And we'd be like, "Well, my thoughts on this are, <laughs> yeah." It's probably why we were so um, monologue-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's us because it was actually normal for us. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> but, but you know, mind. you do think very deeply, and like actually, it's it is a life stage. Like I remember learning in nursing as well is thinking and developing thoughts around death in particular is actually part of the life stage of adolescence and um, like consolidating your beliefs is a life stage of adolescence, which is, I think why that kind of (laughs) you, you come to like these really heavy topics because that even if you don't think, quite as consciously about it as Ashley and I maybe did. <laughs> we were also it is. though, so I feel like some of that kind of mm, yes. leaked and not necessarily like we're just having the discussions because we were writing, but, you know, you're already kind of have put those topics in your work. So it kind yes. of bleeds into your everyday, I guess. <laughs> yes. you're already but, you know, like it. I also – it was just very interesting when I was studying it in nursing because I did a course recently on um, a pediatric population. So, like, you know, all the way from, like, infants to um, teens. And, yeah, it was interesting to note that, like, it is cementing that belief system so that they can then sort of bounce off that as mm-hmm. adults and actually, like, you know, continue to develop into the adult life it's actually like a legitimate stage yeah (laughs) that they're at and and it's not like totally abnormal to be thinking about that kind of like really heavy stuff in adolescence so yeah which is why it's so heavily focused on in young adult literature I didn't really have anything to add to that conversation like topic I think you covered a lot of the themes and I guess the main thing to say is it's the big issues that teams teens are dealing with in the age group at that time and as we said before not really anything's off limits anymore as long as you're kind of dealing with it um in the sort of proper way yeah that's a very good point to make actually (laughs) is that like if you do take these really big topics you know you don't want to take them and then twist them into something that doesn't have like moral value to it I guess because you want to be aware that teens are developing a moral compass as well and if you screw that up like you're not gonna create like completely screwed up people but I mean 
A, people probably aren't going to read your book because it won't be satisfying. <laughs> but B, you know, like, even though they're quite well developed by that point and they can be very adult, it is important to remember that it still is a vulnerable population who are developing beliefs. So you don't want to, like, put something in the wrong frame. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll find parents will be very angry at you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> so being sensitive to the fact that you're approaching a very heavy topic, I guess. Yes, it's important. <laughs> Definitely keep that in mind. Um, so the next question, we've we've covered this before in an episode, a previous episode, but I thought we could talk a little bit about why diversity and inclusivity is really important in YA. I think we talked about this in our diversity episode we had before, but we can, I thought it was a good place to put it in given it's, you know, quite a, you know, big part of YA fiction. Yeah. Especially recently. And I think it is so, so important and it's worth repeating anything that like, I can't even remember what we said in the diversity episode. Um, I'm sure I'm doubling up, but, you know, as young adults develop, we want to be creating a space that is open and safe, which recognizes all ethnicities and cultures. You know, if books, there's quite a few reasons for this, but if books only show like white, pretty and good looking people, then number one, we miss such a staggering amount of rich and vivid views. And it is quite dull and flat compared to real life. But far worse is the effect that it firstly has on those who aren't white and good looking. Um, you know, it makes them feel like they have something to hide or aren't normal when it, it, when it isn't normalized in what they read or in the media. And for those fortunate ones who are represented by the books they read, they become a little bit blinded to the lack of information that's out there and assume everyone has it as good as they do. Um, or worse, they also begin to view those who aren't represented in what they read as abnormal. So you can see just how important it is that we include all voices. And I do think it's really scary to try and write from perspectives or include diversity in novels because maybe you don't want to offend people, but it would be far worse, I think, to leave it out entirely. Definitely. And the best solution is to be as educated as you can make yourself about the ethnicities you include in your novels and to ask questions and maybe have someone from that ethnicity read over your work and point out any stereotypes or bias that you might have invert- inadvertently added into your novel. And I think what's really great about the asking is that by doing so, you know, we're already opening the conversation and learning about each other. (laughs) So, you know, like not only are you improving the quality of your work, you're actually learning something yourself, um, which is only going to help you in your own life as well. Ashley? I definitely agree. I think in, especially in YA, because we've talked about already how, a really big feature in YA is character and teens um, and even, you know, us reading YA fiction, we really like how connected you can get to some of the protagonists in the stories. And it also helps when you're reading about characters, which 
you feel can represent you as well. So I think this is where the diversity and the inclusivity in YA becomes so important. You want stories that a lot of your reader group uh, can relate to, which means having characters that they can relate to. And that obviously includes having diverse characters. Um, And I remember when we were talking about this in the previous episode, like the previous episode about diversity, I talked about how given I'm a mixed race and also an immigrant, there were not a lot of stories about that when I was a teenager. Uh, And even thinking back, I can't even really think of any, to be honest. Um, And how it's great that that's changing. And I think, like, I guess looking from, I guess, my own sort of perspective and my own view on how things are changing, it's really good and it's really important to keep that in mind going forward as well. Teens generally, at least me as a teenager, was wrestling with uh, my identity uh, and having characters that you can identify with um, in the books that you're reading is really, really important. So that's what I would say about diversity and inclusivity. And if you're interested about more of our, I guess, opinions and perspectives on that, you can go back to the diversity episode um, yeah. from before. I'm not sure how long ago it was. <laughs> I don't think it was too long ago. I just don't even remember you know, when you do it every week, you're like, what episode are we up to yeah, now? Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty. And as a final little discussion point uh, for this episode, I thought we could give any tips about writing for young adults. So Sarah? My main one is just to take yourself back in time to when you were at that age. And I mean, <laughs> be really honest about it. And try to think as you did back then, which is sometimes hard to do with the filter of an adult now colouring your vision. But, you know, like for me, I remember things can be frustrating, but it's also exciting being a teenager. It is. You know, there's always something that you're waiting for <laughs> and yeah. things don't happen fast enough. That's how I remember it mainly. I miss <laughs> and... the drama. I yes. really miss the drama. It sounds really sad. But... I miss. I desperately miss the drama so of much being drama. a teenager. <laughs> People will have different experiences, and that's okay. But make sure you're being true and honest, rather than putting your character in a stereotypical box. Um, if you ever journaled, maybe read back over some of the stuff you wrote. And even if you didn't journal, see if there's something or anything you can dredge up. You know, I read over our old fiction, and it's hilarious. But I can also see how dramatic we were. It's you mentioned Ashley and <laughs> yeah. how imaginative and excited and just generally how big we liked to make things. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing was ever done by half. <laughs> no. And then in contrast, I reread a fraction of an English essay that I had emailed to myself at the time. And It was an English essay I had found about the Shakespearean play Othello, and I was blown away by how I had interpreted the text with such clarity and reason. I mean, I was never brilliant at Shakespearean, the Shakespearean plays. However, it was still very, uh, very well thought through. Yeah. (laughs) And... So teens have so many sides to them, you know, they can be really mature and so much smarter than adults believe them to be, but they still like to play and have fun. Like they've still got that like hint of 
the child um just sense of play and sense yeah. of fun and joy <laughs> which is like a really cool combination and a really fun combination to write with so I think keeping those points in mind while writing just goes a long way how about you Ashley <laughs> my tips are going to sound like I'm really old but <laughs> I was gonna say I think it's really important to learn what the teenagers are into these days it sounds very old and I guess so I've said before that I work with um, girl guides and I'm a ranger leader. So I'm regularly in contact with teenagers. I know that mm-hmm. that's not the case for a lot of people and a lot of writers. But I think that's been one of the most beneficial things that <laughs> helps our writing. I, I I get to remember, I guess, through the teenagers I work with, what it was like to be a teenager. <laughs> and... At the moment, I do say I live vicariously through them about their drama because they always are like, <laughs> so-and-so did this. It's gone like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more, please. <laughs> um, but I think a way to get around that if you, uh, you know, don't, um, you know, see teenagers a lot is to have the correct, I guess, target audience be to read your work if it's possible I think that's really helpful in figuring out whether you have I guess connected with your audience Mm -hmm. properly um and whether or not you know you're aging yourself and they can tell that you're not um you know a teenager behind the the work that you've produced so I think that's really important um and I mentioned this before in the previous episode when I said slang question mark yeah. Um, I think that's it's really important to I think that's why it's really important to have teenagers be to read your work because they're going to be the ones that pick up on the slang that you've used that is like they're like, Oh, that's so old. No one says that anymore. Um Yeah. I would also say about slang though, is that it's okay not to have it. Yeah, definitely. Um, is what I I would mention because it's great for like Ashley mentioned I think it was in the previous episode, right? Not this episode. Yeah, previous episode. Um, Ashley mentioned it can be helpful for putting your book in a particular setting. Yeah. However, if you don't want your book to age and you want your book to be readable and relatable to multiple generations, um, like, and by multiple generations, I mean, like, as teenagers grow and continue to pick up your book um (laughs) you know then in some ways it might be good to leave it out and then you know you're not faced with them going oh that was like so like that's how my parents speak now or whatever Yeah. (laughs) yeah um so yeah that's sort of my one have 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 them be to read your work and I think that goes a long way to helping you figure out whether you've you know, connected or not. Righty. So do you have anything else you wanted to add to this discussion? No, I think we've done a pretty good summary of the young adult fiction. As always, I feel like I'm sure there's been plenty that we haven't touched on as well. There was a lot. (laughs) I'm just going to go with there's a lot in there. So if you're interested, you can find tons and tons of really good resources out there. Books and books about YA books. 
anyways <laughs> how to write to... YA. <laughs> yeah let's move on to mistakes of the month if you've got any sarah i only have one that's not anything that i wrote but is it me again <laughs> no good um actually slightly embarrassing i do frequent um baby center forums time to time I started when I was pregnant because I was home all the time and I had nothing to do and I didn't know anyone so it kind of developed from there and it has been helpful sometimes to like be like oh what does the general like population think about x y and z yeah however I read quite a hilarious um post that was like oh my god that's a mistake of the month (laughs) from one poor parent that I'm going to read out what she wrote okay so it starts off and it says hi guys how is everyone's teething going my son already has two teeth and I love watching them grow till now I was brushing with worm water (laughs) 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 but was recommended I would like to use some toothpaste any recommendations but I won't read the rest of it but I just really liked the fact that she had written worm water instead of warm water. <laughs> like, I can see how that mistake comes, you know. But it's just... Oh, worm water. It's just a great visual. Bowl, bowl of earthworms <laughs> just kind of taking the, the water yeah, off Yeah, it's the just top. like... <sighs> on the teeth. Or gums. <laughs> worm water. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was my mistake of the month that I thought was quite exceptionally hilarious just from it's probably not to like the general population, but to me as a writer, I was like, hey, 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 the water. <laughs> Ashley, did you have any mistakes of the yep, month? I have two mistakes this month. Both of them have come from the short story that I was writing. So the first one is they locked eyes and shred a half smile instead of shared. <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of like, you know, extreme sports, like, I don't know, <laughs> what, kind of like skateboarding or whatever where you like shred or uh, you're surfing where you're like shredding on a wave instead oh, of shredding I a just smile. Imagine someone like ripping up a smile, which this is very strange. <laughs> visual and then um, the the second one it's just the flavor of the month the 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 wrong words but anyway so here's another one um he knew he should feel some sport of resentment instead of some <laughs> sort of resentment he was a great sport about yeah about it sport of resentment uh, <laughs> so those are my two and thankfully i found them so it's always good when you find them yes it is not so good when they creep by and then you're like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Mal will find some. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> sure, there'll be many. Oh, dear. Price of pandemonium. Looking <laughs> yes. forward to discovering what exactly they are. <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap this episode up. Yes. If you would like to be on an author spotlight episode, then you can apply by going to lindersoncreations.com and hovering your mouse over the podcast um, tab in the main menu and you'll find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, it is one of our creative exercise episodes and we are going to be creating some haikus.
which yes. I'm looking forward to. James and Mel and her partner Brandon all wrote Dominion Road haikus for the Dominion Road anthology, and I oh, yeah. they were all amazing. So I'm really looking forward <laughs> to writing some haikus of my own. <laughs> Me too. I was like, what could we do this time? Haikus. We haven't done them yet. And I feel like it's time to face poetry again. <laughs> we all know how much we love that and how great we are with our poems. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyways, um, if you'd like to know more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you can get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle lindersoncreations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice to tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Thank you.